This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the New Books Network. New Books Network is excited to welcome Tiaka Carrasco, Gloria Coppola, and Rodine Eastfeld to an episode on the forthcoming title, Women Standing Together, A Collection of Stories with Soul Purpose, Volume 2. Tiaka is a health and wellness advocate, especially for those suffering from rare diseases. She is currently testing out SimStill activation while keeping up with her freelance graphic design work. And most of her work is with Powerful Potential and Purpose Publishing. And we have the publisher here with us also, Gloria Coppola, along with another author, Rodine Eastfeld, to discuss their newest book. If you guys would like, please introduce yourselves to the audience. And what should we know about each of you before we get into the book? Well, thank you, Nathan. This is Gloria. I'll go first. (laughs) So about five years ago, I received a message literally from God to say to publish a book called Women Standing Strong Together, Volume One. And so I listened and we created a number one best-selling book with 12 authors. In the meantime, I've been helping other authors publish their novels when I got the message again to do Women Standing Strong Together, Volume Two. This time we have 14 women from five different countries who have written their brave and courageous soul purpose stories to bring to people around the world and help them. Tiaka or Rodine, do you want to add anything? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk. Um, I was, I, I work for powerful potential purpose publishing and I work as the virtual assistant graphic designer for Gloria. And so how I got on board with the book was um, I was meeting all of the authors in a Zoom call, and I was so inspired by their stories that I felt really compelled to jump in. So I left a message in the chat while I was supposed to be working, and and I just said um, that I wished I had jumped in on this project and it was already um, heading into publishing at that time but Gloria gave me the chance to 
do it, she sent me a message on Facebook and, and told me that if I could get her my story by the end of the day, that she would put it in there. And so basically within three hours, um, I had a story over to her and was put in on the story. I felt like that um, I had been rehearsing. It, it The story just fell out of me like I had been rehearsing it my whole life. So I felt like I really needed to be a part of it. And I, I jumped in um, initially when uh, Gloria invited me to, and I am actually an artist and an English teacher, and I, I thought this would be a fantastic experience to have to write for uh, an audience and share my message, because this is what I teach my students when I'm teaching them writing. And I had worked for, with Gloria before, and I just, I was called as well, and it felt like the right opportunity to share my story. So that's how I became involved. And this is to Gloria. Did you speak to a lot of these authors in the volume well before getting it published? Um, how many of the authors have you spent time with in person? Well, I know them all through social media. I've spent time in person with a few of them, not all of them, because they live around the world. However, every author that I work with, I work one-on-one with them. They submit their story. I look it over. I decide, you know, what type of developmental work it needs, what edits it will need. So we are working closely before this ever goes into the book and gets published. We're actually going to go uh, and do an international book launch after we do the U.S. one and go over to Europe, where a couple of the other authors are. So it'll be fun to meet uh, one of them from the U.K. that I have not met in person yet, but the one from Italy I have met in person. So Tika and Rodine. Uh, They live in Mexico and Canada, respectively, and I hope to meet them in person one day. What about it, Miss Coppola, made you commit to this writing project? And have you had earlier writing projects like it? Yes, I've been writing for 40 years, (laughs) and I've been helping authors write and publish their books for the last five years. So my commitment comes from passion and divine guidance. And I always listen to that. And that's part of the inspiration that I bring to my writers as well to help them get into the message of their soul purpose, because there's a lot of people in the world right now that need hope and inspiration. And you'll, when you read the, the women's stories, you'll see they touch upon so many different topics that many people struggle with or have obstacles. And I just know in my heart and soul that this publication, just like all the other ones that I have done, is going to be a number one bestseller around the world. And what was your section about in Women Standing Strong Together, volume two, for each of the authors that we have? Each of the authors picks their own concept, their own story. I didn't give it to them, okay? The the book, Women Standing Strong Together, is a collection of stories with soul purpose. So each of the women that did come to me, I screen them, obviously. I look at their writing and their concept and their idea. And if it fit within those parameters, then they were chosen. 
Can Tiaka or Rodine tell the audience more about their writing? Certainly. Um, so my story is about having, having still working my way through dealing with severe fear and anxiety, depression and anxiety. And of course, the, the popular term for that nowadays is PTSD. And my story is a healing journey from being in a place that was so dark and feeling like I was never going to get out of it, learning how to have conversations with my fear, how to love my fears, and then how I really healed by reconnecting with my painting. Because during the worst of it, I wasn't painting. And for me as an artist, my painting just fills my soul. So when I was called literally to start painting again, that was really the beginning of me getting to not be afraid all the time and just being in a place of absolute joy and love. And that's really what my story is, is about. It's learning how to fall in love with some of our darker emotions so that you can welcome in more of the beauty and more of the joy. And my story is about falling into an I can't cycle at a young age and, and learning at an, at an older age, how to see value, find value in myself. And I I had really gotten to um, a dark place. And, and so after my diagnosis, the I it really just talks about how my I can't list was mounting, and so th- anything that um, might prevent me from uh, my diagnosis keeps me from doing a lot of things. Um, and so the, the story just talks about how I changed my mindset in, into one where I'm not so focused on what I'm not able to do, but what I am able to do and um, essentially changing my life as a result of that. And so you changed your life. What exactly was the physical ailment that affected you and what can other women learn from your story? I was diagnosed with Chiari malformation. So Chiari malformation is a herniation um, in the hindbrain where the cerebellum, it, it doesn't fit inside the skull. And so it hangs out and it puts pressure on the brainstem, which causes a lot of neurological problems. So it causes, you know, numbness in the body. It causes headaches. Um, just, I, I, I like uh, to attribute it sometimes to MS and the symptoms of MS. It's progressive. Um, And so I feel like this could really encompass a lot more than just women and men who have Chiari. It would would really go around rare disease in general because there's a lot of mystery that behind these diseases and a lot of even even doctors don't understand it 
Um, and so I think that my story could be beneficial for a lot of people um, who are diagnosed with things like this. And Rodine, how do you think your story can help other people and women? Well, I think, and especially over the last several years, I mean, globally, if we look at how our world changed and how we've, we've been living with so much fear over the last several years, that I think that there are going to be so many people and in particular women, who are now having to deal with um, compounded emotions and, you know, perhaps being isolated if they've lived on their own. And I think living with fear has kind of become a daily practice and we're almost used to it until it becomes so heavy, it's debilitating. And I I really do believe that there are going to be so many women that are going to be able to relate to what that feels like. And in my story, um, as I talk about my healing and how that happened, I'm really hoping that it offers, you know, a glimpse of hope for the readers to know that it is possible to get through that darkness. Also, what about men? Can men learn something from your unique experiences? I know there might be some in your life, and Tiaka has a husband and three boys. How did they react to this whole event? Um, Well, my children are young, and so they don't really understand um, what's happened. As far as, are are you talking about how they reacted to the book or how they reacted, how they react to my diagnosis? To your diagnosis and okay. also the book to me. Okay. Well, as far as diagnosis goes, my husband has to do um, a lot. Um, uh, he has to pick up where, I, where I'm not able to. And so um, that can be frustrating for him at times. Um, and my children, I, I just don't think that they just fully, I don't think they fully understand it. They don't really see me as someone who is incapable um, so can't really say about that. But as far as the story goes, it's the same type of thing. They, I, I'm still in shock over it. So I, I don't think, I think there's still an element of disbelief around here <clears throat> with that because it's just hasn't hit home yet. And I think that once I have my book in my hands, it'll finally be something that I can process. But right now it's all still feeling like, a dream. <laughs> and what about your personal lives and your personal work experiences helped you in writing? So for example, Tiaka does virtual design. How did virtual graphic design help you and your health goals? Uh, I use drawing and design as a as a way to kind of escape reality. And when I'm, when I'm in creation mode, it, it, it's a freeing experience. And so I find that when I'm under a lot of stress, 
Um, I do, I, I, I get into the design and it, and I, I start to wind down and, and calm down and feel better. And so, um, if you are in a place of balance, then your body has a chance to heal. Um, whereas if you are constantly responding to traumas and you don't have an outlet, it's going to be hard for your body to recover harder for your body to recover from something like that. And so for me, um, design, I, I feel like helps heal me in that aspect because um, it allows me an opportunity to just simmer down and, and process. And so it doesn't have to be perfection. It's just something that helps me to, um, get away from what's going on, you know, in my real, to, to just escape it for a little while. And Rodine, do you have outside work projects, anything that's going on for you? Um, aside from being an artist, I am actually a teacher and I teach middle years students and I teach them English and art. So I get to bring, share my experiences and in particular with the writing, um, I get to, to go into my classes and tell them that, oh, I know exactly what you're going through when I'm telling you to, you know, look at, look at how to rework uh, a piece of writing. And so I get to share that with them and, and I've had them enter writing contests. So it's really added, um, it's added a, a nicer, deeper layer of connection for myself and my students. And for the New Books Network audience, is there a methodology or model that you adopted to clear your thoughts? Um, what were some of the medical practices that helped helped heal you? Is this for me specifically? Um, it could be for both of you. Yes. The practices that I found most helpful, um, I did do. I did do a lot of more spiritual work, although there was a lot of praying that went into it. Um, I did work on meditation, uh, breathing. But I also did start to see a therapist because I, I found that I really needed um, an outside person that I could talk to and who would be able to guide me through parts that I really didn't understand or that I was struggling with. So I, I kind of approached my healing in a very you know, well-rounded approach. And I found that a lot of the techniques that I used were really helpful. And Rodine, what techniques, if any, did you write about? I wrote about one of the most profound techniques that I used was some people might call it inner child work, but I started having conversations with my fear and I could feel in my body when I would wake up and I was afraid. And so 
I actually would, would take some time to do some breathing and close my eyes and just visualize talking to my fear and having fear communicate back to me. And doing that, it becomes an instinctive kind of conversation. And I found that I worked through um, thoughts or, or old stories that I wasn't even aware of. And because the space that I created in this conversation was so safe, I was able to really let go of a lot of the fear. And as over the last year, year and a half in my healing, my conversations with fear have completely changed. So I, I found that to be just the most powerful technique that I used. And Tiaka, can you talk about the I can't phrase? Yeah, yeah. So I can't is is something that you know I realized recently is is a phrase that I used all of my life. Um, and in the story I talk about, I, I touch on um, how even as a young child, um, when I would say I can't, and 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 my grandmother would respond with "can't ever could," which is the title of my story, but, um, it didn't hit me until a few months ago that, that the, that these were, I feel like all manifestations, um, not saying that I, I manifested Kiari, but I manifested, um, the, the negative mindset the self-doubt and criticism. I manifested all of these things. And um, when it is, when it's all compiled, then it could, it could definitely create um, some nasty health symptoms. And I feel like in part, um, what I deal with on a day to day um, was something that I brought on myself. And so um so it would be the I can't would be um, over simple things sometimes like um, let's go on a trip and I can't or can we, I don't know, go for a cup of coffee or something. It would be I can't. I'm always that was something that I would always um, just fall back on. Um, and then when I was diagnosed with Chiari in 2014, there were actual things that I wasn't able to do. Um, and so I think that all of that sort of got me to the, the, I guess the dark space that I was in when, um, I reached out to, um, Gloria for help and, um, learned, started taking her advice, um, and listening to her and I was able to, I'm able to start winding back out of that. Are you guys a big believer in manifestation? And if so, what things in your life had you planned for or maybe didn't plan for? 
I am a huge believer in manifestation, Nathan. And um, besides writing things down, you know, that I would like to bring into my life, I'm also very open to paying attention to the signs of the things that are ready for me to manifest. And that's where I think a lot of times people only focus on what they want and we miss huge doorways of opportunities. And that is something that I teach and coach in my life coaching and with my story coaches, because just like today, Teek and I were talking uh, the other day, this was not necessarily on the list for any of these girls a few months ago, but it was on mine, okay? And so the manifestation, you know, took the the synergistic energy of all of us to bring this forth today to speak with you. And another example is, you know, there was a time in my life where I made a vow in my wedding vows that I would have more time for myself in life and more time for relationships. And an unfortunate incident, a tragic incident took place in my life where I had plenty of time. So we have to be mindful of what we say, how we say it, the energy behind it, and also pay attention to that. It can come in different shapes and forms that we always didn't notice or see. And even though I had to go through a horrible tragedy to change my life, I'm glad that I did. And what were some of the habits that you guys had to let go of as time went on to reacclimate to normalcy. Define normalcy, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're like in a time where there's a new normal for you after going through these tragic events. Um, did you ever recoup some of the feelings that you had of life before these things happened? Well, I'll go first and then I'll let the ladies answer. For me, I'm always looking at possibilities in life. You know, I learn constantly. My spiritual practices keep me attuned to that. So I don't stay in the old, or the negative. I like to look at every situation in life has inspired me to take another step. And very often people, again, don't listen to these signs and messages we get, but that is something I have made a practice of in my life. And my life is totally different than the tragedy that happened 25 years ago. And it continues to develop. So for example, when the pandemic hit and I had moved to a new location and was in lockdown two days after I move, not knowing anybody in this place, similar to Rodine, who talks about the PTSD of COVID and being a teacher, you know, I went through my own, but what I did is became an observer instead of living in fear. I did not go down that path because of my past and my lessons. So I feel that every time we have a life event, we can choose to turn the next one into something more positive for our own outcome and for that of others. And that's why we're all here today, because this led me the last three years on the path, instead of being fearful of what's happening in this world, how can I help others move through whatever their challenges are? And, and like with Rodine, her own fear and, and change it up. And one of the things that happened in working with Rodine, she talked about fear and anxiety and all this. And as I was reading her story and knowing her now from this perspective, I was like, but we need to put joy in there. And so we brought the character of joy in there. And I think that is something that a lot of people don't remember to do when they're living tragedies. 
What about Tiako or Rudine? Do you have anything to add about tragedy and overcoming them? Um, well, you were talking about the habits that you had to let go of. And so I feel like I definitely have had to let go of a lot of um, things. I feel like um, changing a, r- a routine is really important, especially for someone who can can easily be, um, you know, fall into one because those turn into bad habits. Some, some routines do. And so for me, it was because I am not able to walk a whole, a whole lot. I, I set, I sat on pillows all the time. And so at a computer screen all the time. And so that sort of became my routine and, you know, I would get up and go to the bathroom and then sit back down and that would kind of be it so I feel like it's important sometimes to change your routine um do either of you outside of Tiaka have mobility issues and is your mobility only physical or there or are there mental attunements that you know are are making you immobile no, I don't have any any mobility issues. What issues, if any, do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, as you know, and as a part of this, and I think it touches on the question that you know both Gloria and Tika have just answered. Um, getting rid of of those habits that create issues for me, one of the biggest things was um, really paying attention to how I spoke to myself and what I then started to believe. Because sometimes we can, something can happen and we acknowledge it. And I know for myself, if I allow myself, it can spin into a story. And the story isn't even close to reality. So um, that, I think, can cause perhaps some, you know, intellectual mobility issues because it stops you. It freezes you. And then you end up on a loop. So learning how to not feed those stories and how to deal with them differently um, has really, really changed my life. Why did you turn to stem cell regeneration therapy for Tiaka? I'll be honest with you. Um, when I decided to start using the stem cell regeneration patches, there was nothing to lose for me at that point. Um, I had I had had them for a year. Um, Gloria sent me some about a year ago and I was so bitter and frustrated at my, um, you know, just my lack of mobility. And, and so I just had kind of submitted to the idea that it wasn't ever going to get better no matter what I did. And so, um, about four or five months ago now, um, I started to use them more consistently because I noticed that over time, things were getting better. 
things are still continuing to get better. But um, again, I was so lost in that mindset that I wasn't um, going to get better, that I, I was failing to see the changes that were taking place. Um, and so now that I'm able to see that, um, you know, I, I use them daily. And it's they've really done a whole lot. Uh, for me in a lot of ways. Um, And so I I guess to get back to just answering that question, that's why um, I I started using them is because at the time um, I felt like there just wasn't anything for me to lose. Um, Regular medication, prescription drugs were not doing me any good. Um, And they were just creating more symptoms that needed more medication. And so this was an alternative therapy that is drug-free and safe for me. And so um, that's why. Nathan, I'd like to add something to that, if you don't mind. Yep. Yes, go for it. So um, my background actually is in holistic uh, health as a naturopath and a health coach. And so when Tika reached out to me, she was my stalker on Facebook. She found me and, you know, was looking to develop, you know, the relationship to help me with my social media graphics. And over the last two years, I knew about all of her health issues, including some things with her gut and all. And so first and foremost, before helping people with their stories, I help people with their lives. And I did you know, direct her to some nutritional things and stuff. But because like she was saying, she was in that really negative kind of space and feeling hopeless. She didn't even want to stop soda until just a few months ago. All right. So I watched her performance, you know, in work. And, you know, I I tend to move fast (laughs) and want to have things a certain way. And I saw her challenges. So I didn't want to give up on her. And I brought it to her again. And she came out of the hospital a few months back and she was ready to listen. She had to be ready. And we started with some nutritional changes and the stem cell activation patches. And just in a matter of the few months that she has remained consistent, this woman has not only been able to help the entire team of authors with all their graphic designs, build them websites, you know, do things for me that I require. She did them efficiently and fast and her mind is working more complete and her cognitive functioning is. And I remember her telling me when I first met her, her hands would hurt and stuff. Well, she is typing away like a maniac now and then including her story. So it took her from that, I can't, to I can, and she is, and she's doing it well. Do you still operate your business only from your home remotely? Are you talking to me or Tika? Or to Tiaka. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I do fully remote. I was taken out of the brick and mortar type work environment back in 2014. So I kind of fell back into my design there. So definitely all the way remote now. And what about your boss that became your coach? Do you still have a relationship with that person? She's here. (laughs) She's here right now. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) 
I am her coach. (laughs) So she's got the package deal with me. (laughs) What kinds of research did you guys do to get out of a rut? Um, Did you visit libraries or talk to specific doctors? Can you give us maybe suggestions of reading that you might have done? In relationship to what? I I didn't hear what Um, you... In relationship to the to your essays uh, that are in the volume, well, most did you do any like? Okay, so most yeah. of them in working with them. I mean, Tika obviously has a health condition, and she's got a lot of research on Chiari. But most of the women in the book, this is the real life, authentic stories. This is what happened to them and what they did to overcome whatever it was, you know? So it's not necessarily just, you know, physical issues. I mean, we have, you know, yes, people that have gone through abuse and stuff that have written their amazing stories. And we had a, a woman who is a mental health counselor and she nearly died like five or six times within a short period of time. I mean, it's like more like a miracle. We have an empath who talks about, you know, coming into this world with this knowing So basically, you know, these stories are about their own personal life journeys. So did some of them look for alternatives to health them? Yes. And some, no. Do you have anxieties? Um, Are you thinking about anxieties um, in terms of your experiences? Um, is that for all of us or? Yes, for all of us. For all All of of us. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I certainly do still have some anxiety that shows up, but it's nowhere near as bad as it was. I mean, my anxieties were irrational as most of them are. And um, they were so bad that I did actually have to take time off of work. But being where I am now is, is in a completely different place from then. And so my anxiety now I deal with relatively easily, honestly. So I'm getting back to my, I would say I'm getting back to normal but I think I'm actually moving into a whole new space that's even better than where I was. What kinds of alternative healing methods worked for each of you? Okay, so, I'll go. Uh, okay, oh, go sorry, ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. The alternative methods that worked for me were uh, meditation, uh, energy work. I do uh, Wim Hof breath work, but I also, um, I also used food to help me heal and, um, and herbs, right? Supplements, herbs. And what was yeah, I, I used quite a variety of techniques. 
Uh, I'm very similar to Rodine in that I I do a lot of um, like I'm a Reiki practitioner, so I do you know energy work in in that area, and then um, I have really started to rely more on alternative medicine since giving up prescription drugs, and so. Um, right now, it's it's you know vitamin supplements, the stem cell regeneration patches, um, and yes, they do work. Um, so I I definitely can confirm that um, that that modality or healing modality um, it works. Mm-hmm. Is the future brighter for you all now that you know the things that you know? Absolutely. I- <laughs> <laughs> yep, I agree. <laughs> There's, I, sorry, I'm trying to, to formulate a thought right now. Um, the future is incredibly bright, certainly for myself, but even from knowing Gloria and getting to know Tika, I think that all of our experiences have really brought us to a new place. And when we look forward and outward, I think we all see like light and opportunities and possibilities and potential. I mean, which sounds like Gloria's company, right? I, I absolutely see an incredible future. And Nathan, you know, really good question, because that's what all these stories are about. Every story has brought these women to a place of a more positive mindset, a brighter outlook in their future, you know, inspiration to do other things. And that's why this book was put together, because these women stood strong in their own convictions to find their way to health and wellness, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. And as a result, they will all have some really good feedback and information in their stories that will help others. Do you guys use affirmations outside of maybe the I can't, for example, that Tiaka is um, a proponent of? I do. Um, I try to, I'm, I'm a social media person. And so a lot of times my posts are affirmations to myself as reminders. Cause you know, as you know, those posts come back through a year later to remind you. Um, but there, it's also for other people as well. Um, so I feel like if people see, those posts and they're meant to see them. So I definitely use affirmations in my daily life. They are everywhere. Um, and I wake up with, you know, um, a grateful, uh, you know, I, I'm grateful when I wake up and, and sit in prayer and just be thankful to be alive. So affirmations definitely play a huge uh, role in my life and healing. I also use affirmations. Um, I I have a few that I use. Like if I'm if I am still feeling um, a little wobbly, shall we say, 
Um, I have some affirmations that I use that help help me feel grounded and safe again. So even something as simple as I am here just helps me to reset. So I do use my affirmations and, and they change depending on um, what kind of situation I'm dealing with. What fashion apparel or design techniques or appeal design tastes, if you will, did you use to help with your diagnosis? Um, in other words, how is art a ins- inspiration for you? Oh, well, I um, my specialty is painting the Northern Lights. And so I grew, I am in Northern Canada and I grew up getting to see the Northern Lights in the sky and they were always just incredibly magical and I felt so connected to them. So when I started, when I got the call to start painting again, um, I've done many other styles, but it was the message was clear that I needed to start painting my Northern Lights again. So that artistic piece and very specifically the Northern Lights with the colors and the movements and the richness in the landscapes, that that just transported me completely into um, like my happy place, my Zen space. So art it was important to me. It connected me. It reconnected me. And I believe that creativity like that connects so many of us in ways that completely change our lives. I, I feel the same way that Rodine does about art. It, it wasn't really fashion apparel and, and, and uh, women designs or whatever that was just something that um i enjoyed drawing and felt like i was good at those type of designs um when i was younger and as far as if that has changed as i've gotten older absolutely i don't draw um clothing designs anymore i do more you know social media enhancement, promo marketing, branding type graphics, um, designs now, but, um, you know, just reiterating what Rodine said, it's just being in that creative space that is, is healing for me. So, um, doesn't necessarily matter what I'm drawing or designing. It's just kind of being able to be there What other authors are you excited to read from in the volume Women Standing Strong Together, Volume 2? Because not everyone's here. What are we excited to read? I have only read my story, and I am excited to read everybody's story. I mean, there are 13 women who have put their hearts and souls into this book along with me and I can't wait to read all of them. I'm 
I'm just, I'm thrilled to be a part of this group. Uh, I, one of the perks of being um, Gloria's graphic assistant is that I have been able to read these stories already. Um, What I can tell you is that they're all very different, um, but all very impactful and inspiring. Um, Stories of women who took, you know, uh, they transformed vulnerability into power, um, but the stories don't ignore the hardships. And I think that that is why this book is going to be paramount for a lot of people um, and their healing journey because uh, a lot of times you will read and the the stories will be sugar-coated, but this isn't. These stories take you through the raw and and get you through to the other side of that. And so I think more than ever, um, people need to be reading stories like this. Um, so I think it's going to help a lot of people. If someone asked for the biggest piece of advice you could give them, what would it be? I'll answer that one, Nathan, because I give it all the time. I tell people to never, ever give up because here's the thing I've been positions where I thought about giving up at the last minute of even publishing my recent fiction novel because somebody said something negative about it and we're hearing all this crap our whole lives you know we can't please everybody so if I was to give up what does that say about me and I put that out to all of you and all these powerful women that like Tika said took vulnerability to a level of power if you give up you give up your power if you push through the uncomfortability like all these women have you don't know what opportunities and and magical things are going to be before you even in the next moment so my message is never give up because there's somebody that needs you out there because of your story because of your experience and because of your skill sets and now you can see why working with Gloria is has been such an amazing experience and is such an honor because this is the woman that rounded all of us up to create this book. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that would probably be my biggest piece of advice as well would be to tell others to not give up on themselves or, you know, their dreams and to keep putting one foot in front of the other um you know as someone sitting here i I mean i a year ago i would have never dreamed i would be here and you know now i'm sitting on a podcast (laughs) talking about you know my story and being a published author so i mean i think that don't give up on yourself is probably the biggest piece that I would want someone to take home if I were giving advice. I think my biggest piece of advice is there is incredible power when we really take the time to truly love ourselves. And I used to think I understood what it meant to love myself 
And now I realize that there is a whole other level to get to when we can love ourselves, warts and all, when we can love ourselves enough to be vulnerable, to ask for help, um, just to really truly show ourselves grace. I think when we can do that, our lives, the world opens up for us. Um, any in-person seminars? Are you planning anything in person for people who may want to meet you, a meet and greet? Well, we don't have in-person yet because we have women from five different countries, but we do have an author summit that will be live on Facebook February 18th at noon Eastern time. And you can get to meet all the authors there and and learn why did they really want to put their message out there. Have I done live events? Yes, it's actually our one year anniversary of one that we had in Sedona, but it takes a lot to coordinate those things for people to travel. So it seems lately that virtual seems to be the best way to reach most people. Any final thoughts for your audience? Who would like to go? I'll I'll put it out there for all of you. First of all, I want to congratulate Tika and Rodine for having their first professional podcast interview with you, Nathan. And that is a message in about itself, that no matter what you have been through, no matter what age you are, there is hope to be able to help others. And that's what these two ladies did today. They will touch someone's heart. They will inspire somebody. And your platform, Nathan, here provides that for people. So any media that we can put ourselves out there, whether it's writing our story or a book or going on a podcast or doing a book signing and meeting the people that buy your book, this is the way we touch hearts. And I think that's what we all are here to do. Absolutely. I agree. New Books Network and your host, Nathan Moore, offer gratitude to Tiaka Carrasco, Rodine Isfeld, and the publisher, Gloria Coppola. Thanks for stopping by to break down your newest writing and inspirational pieces and dialogue about your journeys. Women Standing Together, a collection of stories with soul purpose, volume two, is published by Powerful Potential and Purpose Publishing. To stay up to date on the newest NBN podcast, subscribe or visit the website.